Damian Lillard will meet with the Blazers to discuss his future. Will the two sides finally agree to part ways, and will Lillard direct his way to Miami? We talk about that on today's crossover edition of Locked on Heat and Locked on Blazers. You are Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to a crossover edition of Locked On Heat and Locked On Blazers. I'm Wes Goldberg, co-host of Locked On Heat, here with David Ramil and also Mike Richmond from Locked On Blazers. Uh, some new reporting on the Damian Lillard front on Monday morning. The Athletic Sam Amick reported that Lillard, quote, has serious interest in joining the Heat, end quote. And if the Trailblazers can't upgrade the roster, um, something that we reported last week on the pod, um, that uh, Lillard could look at Miami later in the afternoon. TNT's Chris Hayes reporting that Lillard and his agent, Aaron Goodwin are meeting with the Blazers on Monday to discuss the franchise's direction. So Mike, I want to start with you since you're in Portland and you're covering the team. What do you think this means for Damian Lillard? And what do you think happens next? Well, you send good news in a text message. That's just, that's how life works. If you got good news, you can just text. You can say, Hey, great news. Great news. I got great news. <laughs> we could talk about it later face-to-face, but I got great news, and we don't have to wait. You deliver bad news face-to-face. Right. You probably don't need to call your, your agent to deliver good news. Hey, Aaron Goodwin, make sure you're in the room so we can tell Joe Cronin the good news. Like, <laughs> you don't need to bring your representation to organize a celebration of um, you're under contract for four more seasons, right? You don't need to have that conversation with your legal representation in the room. Uh, so... Yeah, this thing's you don't come it, back. It, you don't come back from Paris and go. You know what? I want to meet with the teams for an office. I just kind of want to shake your hands and say, you know what? Great job on that scoop pick at number Chris three. Murray. Uh, how about it? Oh, I really love Ryan Rupert. Yeah. yeah, it's <laughs> it, it, to to me. We're talking when we're talking when and how uh, at this point. It's 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 when they decide to trade Dame and break up this marriage and how they go about it, which is I'm sure what we'll talk about in today's episode. That's why we were that's why we've gathered here today. But Dame was so clear. He's been so clear. Um you do not need sources. You don't need you just like just he's been at a microphone and he said, "I want to have win now veterans on the team. I don't want young players." He said, "That's enough for 19-year-olds." If they go that route, that route is not my route. Well, y'all, <laughs> on Thursday, they selected 19-year-old Scoot Henderson, who is a six-foot-two point guard. They went a certain route, and it seems like it's inevitable that now it's that, that Dame is going to have a conversation about what's next. And what's is next it, is likely playing for another team. Is there any chance that the meeting of the minds can happen? And Portland, Joe Cronin, the general manager for the Trailblazers, says something like, hey, you know what? We think we could do something like this. Give us a few more days. Like, let's get into free agency. We think we could bring back – we feel good about bringing back Jeremy Grant. We think that we could flip Anthony Simons or, you know, whatever player for something else. Maybe there's an OG Ananobi on the way. Right. Maybe there's something like Pascal Siakam, like the players that Damian Lillard reportedly would like the Trailblazers to play, uh, trade for. Is there any chance that that's what happens here? Any chance, absolutely. Like the the Joe Cronin at at his post draft um, uh, 
press conference said that he wants Damian Lowe to retire as a trailblazer. He said that he is not in fear. He doesn't feel like he's in danger of losing Dame. He doesn't feel like um, this is, this is the end. So I think there's a, what he said, there's still more tools that they have, that they have to use. It's just, if they were going to make a move, it made more sense to do it on draft night. And it didn't really make sense to bring in two rookies with your two first round picks is like, that's something that's got to give there. So I think there is, a world in which they flip Amphrey Simons because they just have too many guards on the roster and they get an upgrade and, and then they go and they try to make that happen. It just feels increasingly narrow. They were already walking a tightrope and then they went the way they went on the on draft night. It just seems it just seems like they're we're waiting for the other shoe to drop. In fact, we're like recording this podcast like on shoe watch. You know, it's like yeah. it's just it's it really it really does seem like we're there. I, yeah. But I do think what the the picture you painted is the way it would have to go, right? Is that they could say, Yeah, Jeremy's coming back. Yeah, we're trading Ant for this person who's taller than six foot six, and we're gonna do all these things. And and Dame would have some level of comfort. I think he would like is to there... be with the Blazers. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Oh no, I was just gonna ask, is there like an ideal player? Because from all this kind of talk about what Dame wants in order for Portland to prove improve is there an ideal player that he'd like to play with in portland that he thinks moves the needle to the point where they become the contenders that he wishes the team would be well i mean they they uh they got a big offer together for bam Adebayo. that's what we've heard that's what we've heard yeah <laughs> um i i do you know he's he's been pretty clear he wants to play with mikhail bridges they've been linked to um pascal siakam a bunch i think it's like a bigger two-way wing with some creation skills like a guy who could take some some of it off his plate offensively and then like really bring it on defense because like the sort of the magic with dame is that you really need to bring it on defense it's it's like it's why Jimmy Butler is such an ideal pairing with him. Like there's like, it's really hard to imagine another sort of top flight star that kind of would take a backseat on offense and do all the other things more than Jimmy. Would, why but... Paul George has been involved in those rumors right. too. I mean, I, I just, I understand not moving scoot for any of these guys. That to me didn't make any sense. It would have been completely irresponsible by Portland's front office to do that. Even for somebody as great as Paul George, let alone somebody like OG and Pascal Siakam who are a notch below that. But I don't, I don't know. Is, is, is Paul George on the table now for something that's not the number three pick? Is Carl Anthony Towns maybe a possibility on the heels of the Nas Reed extension? I don't I don't know. I I I would assume that these are maybe the conversations that are happening. David, I want to throw it to you here because we're recording this at 5:30 Eastern time. Apparently, this meeting is happening today slash tonight. Who knows how good this podcast will be any any good for? But three hours from now, yeah. Uh yeah, so. Like let's go. Let's let's assume something like it looks like it's going to trend towards Damian Lillard requesting a trade from Portland, and Portland being amenable to something like that. What's the what? What does that mean for the Heat? Are, is are we just beyond the point of just assuming? Just go for it. Put everything that's not Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo on the table. Go get Damian Lillard. That's Plan A. Like it. It feels like that's just sort of what we're going to assume as long as Damian Lillard is is has agreed to request it or request the trade Portland agrees to, to satisfy that request. And, uh, and that Miami has something resembling uh, something that Portland might want in a trade. I don't know that Miami would want to leave themselves that completely open to just saying, you name your price will match it. Somehow. Probably not a great negotiation tactic. Yeah. Right. But they, so, their price isn't that like even Miami's best offer is not exactly like a price. that's like, well, that's crazy. Like three, no. three first, three seconds. And right. Tyler hero is like, that's a lot. That's all of the things that Miami can trade, but 
Portland you know, knows what think, the to, to Mike's right, point. Yeah. Portland knows what the offer is. Miami knows what their best offer is. Like I don't think that there's gonna like there might be haggling on like a well, like, isn't that what up role to kind player of game, here, though? what role player there? But we, we got to know what the offer looks like. Is that kind of up to Dame? Like I, I mean, maybe I'm crazy mm-hmm. in thinking this, but as the franchise player, as the franchise's best player, um, you know, can't he say, "Look, you know, this is the team I really want to play for," and I understand that you're in a heavy rebuilding mode. But it's not necessarily taking a discount in terms of matching trade salaries and things of that sort. But, you know, don't gut the team that I'm joining. Does Portland have enough of a connection? Does the front office have enough of a connection with Dame where they understand that they're trying to do him a favor by trading him to a team that he'd prefer playing for without gutting that future team, whether it's Miami or Brooklyn or anywhere else. And getting what does that, that kind look of- like, David? If it's not, if Miami makes this trade without being gutted, what right. does that look like to you? Like, like, let's be specific. I mean, Tyler, I think that's somewhat, you know, that's a, a given that you'd have to trade him. Uh, first round picks, I suppose. But I mean, instead of maybe including a Jovich and or a Hakez, uh, can you include uh, Caleb Martin or even, I don't know, for salary matching purposes, would that include Kyle Lowry and then maybe take back Yusuf Nurkic's contract as well? I've seen Nasir Little as a possibility to include a potential trade there because he's got long-term money. I don't know what Portland I think you, is looking I, I think for. I think you already him. mentioned the name that would be the most stickiest sticking point in a deal, and that's Caleb Martin. Hmm. That would be to me what gutted means. Like that would be the fir- that would be the closest thing to gutted, other than losing Jimmy and Bam. That that I think we could see from the Miami Heat. They probably don't want to lose Caleb Martin in a deal. That's, and and that, the, I think that would be the sticking point. And would the Blazers hold up a deal over Caleb Martin? Like, I don't think you know, would. like you know, it's Caleb Martin's really good. I, I love him. Like <laughs> that's like one of my favorite players in the league. He's, he's awesome. But would the Bla- if the Blazers are agreeing to go this route, are, are they really going to? If it's like three firsts, three seconds, which I believe is the most Miami can trade uh, picks wise because of mm-hmm. the things they owe to OKC, the protected pick owed to uh, Oklahoma City. So three firsts, three seconds, Tyler Hero and the salary that works. So whether that's Duncan or whether that's Kyle Lowry because the Blazers want expiring money and that's more appealing right. to them, would they really hold up the – like if if they're willing to go that far, would they would it break down and be like, no, we're going to Brooklyn? Um, and, and would that be the thing? Because I, what breaks down, I think, is just like the general appeal of Tyler Hero. Like I think that's the – I think that's yeah. the sticking point more so than the other stuff is that the like – you know, is that enough? Is there a place for Tyler? Well, wait. Well, is there a place for Tyler on that roster we, in Portland, though? Can we put a pin in that? Can we yeah. put a pin in that? Because maybe there's a third team that has to get involved here. I want to talk about all the different machinations of the trade here. One last point on Caleb Martin, though, so that we can wrap it up. Uh, he's 27 years old. He's going to have to get paid in a year from now, basically. To your point, Mike, I don't know that the Blazers will even want to get into that. Like, why? Like, what does that do for you? To your point. So that might be something that plays into it. But... What does a Portland Trailblazer, what does a Miami Heat offer to the Portland Trailblazers look like for Damian Lillard? Can we get a third team involved? The Nurkic question is an interesting angle to explore. We're going to do that next. But first, David, tell the listeners about our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors for a championship team. It's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit, kind of like an all-star point guard, maybe a top 75 player. I don't know. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors with eBay's guaranteed fit. You can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit 
or you get your money back because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win with the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay's guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, and exclusions do apply. Thanks for making the Locked On Podcast Network your first listen every day. You can listen to Locked On Heat or Locked On Blazers for every angle on the Damian Lillard stuff, updates on the latest reporting, and more. Um, all right. So the draft is over, and I think that's an important kind of mark here because the Heat's potential offer before the draft versus what it is now after the draft is a bit different. Um, obviously, that 18th pick is not in play. It's Jaime Hackers Jr. We don't know if Portland values him we have no idea maybe he could be all the trade maybe not but after july 1st the heat's offer basically looks like something like tyler hero nikola jovich duncan robinson and first round picks in uh 2028 and 2030 they could potentially trade their 2024 first round pick if they lift protections on the 2025 pick that they owe okc um that to me is probably where the the framework of the deal begins now Maybe it's Jovic, maybe it's somebody like Haywood Highsmith, maybe it's Hakez, maybe it's somebody else. But like Hero, probably Duncan Robinson or Kyle Lowry, Mike. I don't know if that you have a, like a, a feel on which one they would prefer. Duncan Robinson is the younger, maybe even better player at this point. Fills a Dang. need if you're looking for three-point shooting. Probably, right? And then Kyle's the guy on the expiring contract and making about $10 million more than Duncan Robinson that maybe Portland's not interested in paying. So I don't know. Do you have a feel on which part one of me, they, they would prefer? Part of me thinks if you go rebuild, you prefer expiring money in this mm -hmm. market because expiring contracts are going to be super valuable for super expensive teams at the trade deadline. It's going to be, we're back in the world where you can... Do you remember the NBA of the middle 2010s when you could trade expirings? We're back, baby. We've made it back to expiring contracts. Like they're sexy again because of the new uh, league rules. So I do think Kyle's like flippability, not because of his talent, because of his big salary number and the expiring number are more valuable to a team rebuilding. Um, Duncan Robinson, if you needed help on the court, but if you go this way with trading Dame, you probably are not as worried about the product on the court. Um, yeah, I, I think that's where it starts, right? Like, I, yeah. I, I think it, it, I, I want to ask this because I know what my listeners think. They think that this is big, hot, steamy trash, and they're so mad. <laughs> they are so upset that we've that we're 15 minutes into the show and, we, and and I haven't like insulted this package. Do you think that this is reasonable? Is the wrong word because the market sets what's reasonable. Do you think this is a somewhat low sort of overall offer for a player of Dame's caliber, or do you just kind of read it as that's how this works? Both, in my opinion. I, I think sure. it's it's fair. I think it's fair to say that you're always going to be underpaying for a player of Dame's caliber, but at the same time, you're getting something good of value. You're getting players of value. I mean, Hero is a borderline all-star caliber player with multiple all-star seasons ahead of them. That's the likelihood for his career trajectory, and he's going to get those opportunities in Portland or wherever he winds up, even in Miami. And so I think that's that's something you can look forward to as a franchise or a fan of that franchise. And then aside from that, you get good picks and stuff like that. I, I don't know. I feel like the market's just changed so dramatically, especially after the Rudy Gobert trade. And now all of a sudden, I think when you're when you even consider a superstar trade, it has to be, 
a billion draft picks, a billion young players. And it's like that. I don't even think that that was the market five, six years ago. And now it's changed very dramatically to that point. So I, I don't I don't think a Portland fan is ever going to be happy with what they get in return. Yeah. Nothing can replace the value of Dame Lillard and what he's done for that franchise. And so you're always going to wind up being disappointed. But given that, I mean, it's up to each individual to determine whether or not they'd prefer five picks that could wind up all being really crappy or a really good player in Tyler Hero that has a clear trajectory in the NBA. And you're, I mean, unless you're a Timberwolves fan, you're probably upset every time you move one of your all-star <laughs> players for a package, right? Like, that's just how this kind of goes. And we just saw, by the way, with Bradley Beal, the market for an aging score-first guard it isn't very high. And, and the Beal situation was a little bit different. First of all, right. Bradley Beal isn't even in the same universe as Damon Lillard as a basketball player. Bradley Beal is very good. That That's more credit to Damon Lillard than it is anything against Bradley Beal. Um, but they're make, both of them are making a lot of money. Damian Lillard is even older and making even more money. He's going to be making $58.5 million at 35 years old, so two seasons from now. And when he's 36, he's going to be owed $63 million. Beal had a no-trade clause, which is also a big part of this, and was had for a million second-round picks and some salary filler, basically. And I think for Lillard, you know, he doesn't have the no-trade clause, but he's going to have a lot of leverage. He's going to have a lot of say in where it is that he wants to go. So it's almost a no trade clause like port. Like I think the trailblazers front office knows that they need to do. And you, Mike, you could speak to this better than I can certainly, but there is a, like Portland fans have such a unique relationship with Damian Lillard that if you send him to a team that he doesn't want to go to, that's going to, there's going to be some bad blood there. Like there, there's a sense, right. That you got to Hey, you got to do right by Damian Lillard. He's earned it. Am I wrong on that? Yeah, I think, I think that's right. I, I think there's a split between the fan base. Some people say, like, trade him to the Orlando Magic. Who cares? And other people say, like, I want to root for Dame winning a title. Like, I want to see him successful. And so if he needs to go to it and wear some other, you know, some other clothes in order to do that, then, like, so so be it. Uh, But, yeah, I I agree with your read that I think he will have – a great deal of influence about how this goes down. Like I, I, I think, and if there is like this crazy offer, let's call it Orlando, and they say, you know what, we'll give you Bancaro, which they'll never yeah. do. But like hypothetically, if they do that, yeah, Franz Wagner and a bunch that. of picks. Then, yeah, then Portland does that. You know, and you're just like, hey, sorry, Dame, like we're getting Paolo Bancaro to pair with Scoot Henderson. Done deal. We don't really care. But I don't think my point before, kind of relating this to the Beal thing, is I don't think that offer is going to be out there. There's just not that many teams that are looking to pay a 36-year-old Damian Lillard three years, from, two years from now, 63 million dollars. You know, and that there's just not a whole lot of teams. As as many, I think there's a ton of teams that would just want one year of Damian Lillard right now. But that's not what we're looking at. You know, and so I think the Heat are sort of that team that are in that zone. And I'll just say it, desperate enough, right? Because you have an aging Jimmy Butler. Your title window is a year. Like you might yeah. have a year. Like this might be it, right? Who knows how Jimmy's body is going to hold up? Where okay, you just kind of take Damian Lillard in and maybe figure it out later. So I, I just I don't really know what those other offers are going to be. The other one that David, I think you were referencing earlier, was the Brooklyn Nets potential package of all the first round picks. They have up to eleven first rounders that they can include. They're not going to do all of them, but if they do five of them, that's twice as many that Miami is able to put in there, right? And so and they have some expiring contracts. Maybe it's the Ben Simmons thing, even though I would be very shocked if Portland took that one on right so but they have some expirings the Rose Neals and the those kind of deal the stack salaries that they could stack together what do you think about something like that and and when we talk about Damien's leverage here how much 
is the Brooklyn offer that much better that Damon Lillard would say, yeah, you know what? I'll go to my second choice yeah. over my clear first choice, which is Miami. And I, I, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I think Miami is the clear front runner here over Brooklyn. Are you asking me? Uh, I'm asking Mike. Okay. Oh, okay. How's, yeah. Um, I, I think it could appeal to – it's like Dame and Nick Claxton and Mikhail Bridges is like the fifth best team in the East, right? Yeah. It's, like it's the, a good team. Yeah. But it's not like a contender. Fifth, yeah, like the fifth best team in the East. And if things break their way, they're the third best team in the East and they lose in the second round or something. Maybe they get hot and get some injury luck. Kind of feels like Portland <laughs> doesn't feel yeah. doesn't feel all too dissimilar from Portland um, over the last decade. Certainly not now. Um, but I do think the picks are more appealing. I'm probably uh, lower on Tyler Hero than David is, and I think specifically for the Blazers, um, they are, they already have Tyler Hero at home. They have Amphrey Simons. He's a they're very <laughs> similar basketball yes. players, um, and so there's some overlap there. Shaden Sharp. Scoot Henderson's like the specifically Portland doesn't need like a really good 22 year old guard. Would you get a That's, third team involved? And in, in yeah, if you could Tyler if, or Simons. Yeah. If you could find a place to land uh Tyler hero or the other version of Tyler hero um, on very similar contracts, by the way, like yeah. it, but if, if you could find a, a way to reroute one of those guys and you get additional capital, then it makes, it totally changes the tenor of the trade, right? Like you either get another young player or just something that fits the future better. Um, you know, I think in general, when you're putting together these star trades, what you would like is someone who is not on that second contract yet, because you would like someone who's under longer team control, who's a little bit cheaper, that gives you that flexibility to say like, okay, we have a year and a half to kind of figure out what this looks like and what this feels like and make that deal. Neither of the teams that you will be making deals with, unless you're a big Nikolajovich believer, which I don't know. Um, I mostly seen him in jeans. <laughs> My familiarity with him is like wearing jeans and high-fiving folks. Um, so <laughs> like it's, yeah, I, I don't think that there's a, that someone is going to beat the Blazers, but I could see it or beat the heat in this offer to the Blazers. But I do see a world in which just generally speaking, the specifics of the heat offer are not appealing and five picks in the twenties from the, from the Suns down the line are more appealing. What if, you kept Tyler out of the deal and it was just expirings and young players, right? Like the guys like you saw in the rookie scale contract. What if it's Kyle Lowry and Victor Oladipo on expiring contracts, which basically gets you to the money that you need and uh, all the picks, right? All the picks are still on the table, by the way, pick swaps in 2027 and 2029. Those are available too. Um, if Portland wants them and they, I would assume that they would, even though they would. Yeah. Um, and then you take the young guys, take Jovic, right? Take a flyer on him. Take Hakez. You know, you, you get those young guys on those rookie scale contracts um, plus a couple of expirings that just come off your books. And now you're walking away from basically the big Damian Lillard money and you're starting your rebuild fresh in a year. And like you said, maybe you could flip those expirings for something else down the line. I think, think that would be more appealing than Tyler. I, I, I Let's put it that way. I don't because I think talent, it's a talent league. And I think you just would rather have Tyler hero and be like, whoops, this does, this roster doesn't make sense and try to figure it out from there mm -hmm. than to have whatever Jaime Hawkes and be like, I, what a, what a cool young man this guy is like, what an easy <laughs> person to root for this gentleman is. Um, I think that's my read. What's your, what is, what is your read on that? Like in, 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 in terms of the, what's more palatable to the heat Would they like, is it keep hero no matter what is that, is, is that more palatable? I don't know. I, I they really like Tyler Hero, but I think if you were adding a Damian Lillard to the roster, 
it would be a yeah. little redundant, Just you know, and, and also very, very expensive. So I think that yes. they would probably prefer to move Tyler and keep the young guys on the rookie contracts would be my sense. Um, just given again, how expensive it's going to be going forward. That's probably what they would prefer to do. And like yes. I said, I, I asked the question kind of knowing the answer. You're right. It's a talent league. You just take Tyler hero and you figure it out. And by the way, that makes somebody like hero or Andrew Simons expendable if you're the blazers. And so now you can move one of those guys for somebody that fits and, and, and maybe just assets, maybe just few, uh, first round picks. Like you could just do something like that. You know, that that's, that's all on the table. So the other part of this is something that, that David talked about earlier was, was Yusuf Nurkic, like would taking him on and that salary, how much would that maybe tip the scales in the Miami Heat's favor based on any other kind of rival offers that are out there? We're going to talk about that next here on a crossover edition of Locked on Heat and Locked on Blazers. Thanks again for making the Locked On Podcast Network your first listen every day. Every day is Locked On Heat and Locked On Blazers is tuned in to everything happening this offseason regarding Damian Lillard, uh, what it is that the Heat are going to do this offseason, what it is that the Blazers are going to do this offseason. So make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and your favorite podcast app. Um, all right, I want to talk about Yusuf Nurkic here. $16 million this year, two more years after that under contract. One of the worst contracts in the league, uh, <laughs> given his injury history, that he doesn't play, that he's not very effective on defense that he's already basically burned every Blazers fan that they're already sick of him. So Mike, I mean, how, if you're a team like Portland, that would be looking to rebuild in the wake of trading Damian Lillard. I would imagine a team willingly taking on Yusuf Nurkic. Like if Miami can't get up to the first round picks that the Blazers can put on the table, if you're Portland, you probably think of, okay, well, if we're going to get off of Jurkic, it's probably going to cost us a first round pick. So if Miami's just willing to take him on as sort of like a, like a sidecar, with with Damian Lillard and it doesn't cost us anything to get rid of him that to me is kind of worth an extra first round pick right and I don't know that the Blazers look at the math like that but maybe they would I I don't know I think that would hold some value to them yeah again I I think you're right there the math is is odd right like is the value of losing Nurk in a post-game world more valuable than whatever whatever or would you rather just Mm. like kind of because you're not gonna be very good anyway kind of coast forward with Nurk is like a right at when he plays like right at league average center. Um, he's, he's um, the availability is a big thing, but like, I don't know. He's like the 15th best center in the league or something like that. Um, so it, it, you could like, it's fine. Uh, you'd probably be better off just like cruising through minimums or whatever than paying someone $17 million to be the league average center, but it is what it is. So I do think, I do think the if they could get off Nurk, period, there's some appeal to that. But if but with Dame, I I do think that would help sweeten the pot. Hey, we'll absorb more salary. Um, I do wonder the Heat's appetite for this because it's not it, it's it's Dame is getting paid a lot of money now. Listen, it might not be sixty three million dollars. It might only be like sixty one because of the way that the mm. it's 35% of the cap. It might only be like 59 and a half million dollars. Wow. Okay. So, you know, well, save, save yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Save yourself a little money, but, but Nurk, you know, he's got uh, two years left in his deal and like 35 million bucks or whatever it is. Um, so yeah, it's, it is, I don't think, I, I do think there's some appeal to getting off Nurk as well Is I, I, but I am not a hundred percent sure what the value overall is. Is, is Nurkic salvageable in your opinion? Because I'm sure from a lot of Heat fans' perspective who maybe don't get to watch a lot of Blazers games out on the West Coast, is is he a player that 
can provide some benefit. I know all of it, all of this is is you know moot given his injury history and everything else like that. But is he a player that Miami's vaunted development system could take and, and make into a borderline defensive player and continuing for him to develop offensively? And and you know, I mean, he's he's still fairly young. It's not like he's you know out of the league or anything like that. But I mean, is there a chance for him to get to Miami and be even better than what he was in Portland? Yeah, I mean, when you watch like Omer Yurt seven and and uh, Myers Leonard be like pretty darn <laughs> effective starting centers in yeah. in the Heat system, right? It's like, right. yeah, and 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 um for the, the sort of that appeal that Miami has run in the past, where it's like, hey, you take some of the big bruising assignments, and so let Bam do what he does, kind of like, and not have to not have to guard giant people, and you only um. And, and Bam gets, you know, called into that role at the end of games and Nurk plays 24 minutes a night or whatever, 22 and a half a night um, in the in the sort of Andre Yurtseven role. It's like, yeah, I think there's something there. I don't think he's going to break out and be like, he was really good for a brief period before he broke yeah, his leg. Sure. That, that, that 2017 that season. Uh-huh. Yeah. And 20, 28, the 2017, 2018 season, he was, he was really good. Like he was really good. Then he suffered a really serious injury. He just hasn't been there. And some of the some of it is physical. I think some of it is just like he doesn't always bring the focus that you need. If a place could could coax focus out of someone, it's, it's Miami. It's yeah, it's whatever they're doing down there. <laughs> so I I've been watching a ton of Blazers for a very long time. They're one of my favorite teams to watch just because Damian Lillard. Not so much the last couple of years, but I still tune <laughs> yeah. in for Damian. Yeah, I was gonna I say. I mean, have you watched? I still tune in. Yeah. I still tune. No, but I still tune in for Damian. I probably still sure. watched more Portland last year than most people that don't aren't Trailblazers fans, right? So I just I love Damian Lillard that much. Nurkic, I think, is a is, if he could stay healthy, he's a little salvageable. Underrated thing that he did started doing last year. He started shooting threes. Right. Shot more than two threes a game, and he made him in a thirty-six percent clip. He had, he took one hundred nineteen threes last season, made thirty-six percent of them. When you're talking about a guy that fits next to Bam Adebayo, that's kind of the guy. Like if you're looking for yep. bargain bin Brook Lopez, it's Yusuf Nurkic. Oh, that is bargain bin though. It's I mean, very very bargain bin, and it's damaged, right? It's sort of that that Campbell's soup can that has a big dent in the the, the side of it because Big right. Daddy threw it on the ground at the grocery store, Dead and now you get it at a price. discount. And you get it at half price. So that's that's basically what Yusuf Nurkic is here. Um, but and look, sixteen million dollars. That's very expensive for a player like Yusuf Nurkic. But if it gets you Damian Lillard, it's all then worth I think it. it's it, it's it's obviously worth it. And there's a world, there's a universe where it works out where Nurkic gives you forty five games in a season, and yep. he's a good and he's just a good player for you in those forty five games. You can't really rely on him to rely on him to be a starter. Maybe you could play him and Bam together when he is available, but whatever. But um, I think there's a world in which it works. And like I said, if it gets you Damian Lillard, you do it. And I do think it's something that the Heat would entertain. I think it's on the table. If it's if it's between, if it's like, hey, look, we're getting this from Brooklyn. This is what they're offering. You got to at least get something close to it, or you got to take Nurkic. Like, we're, you're already giving us all the picks. Can you just take Nurkic? Because I don't think Brooklyn would be willing to take Nurkic because then they don't really have the salaries that really make sense there. Like, that would mean like Ben Simmons is probably definitely going back to Portland. And I don't know that Portland is interested in the Ben Simmons business, especially when you're kind of trying to revamp a culture and everything. I don't know that you want Ben Simmons hanging out telling Scoot Henderson, like, Hey man, you don't have to do anything. Just like 
like fa- like fake some Instagram posts in the offseason, you too can get paid forty five million dollars a year. Just gotta make it like, to your second contract. I don't know that maybe. you want. Yeah, I don't think you want him in his ear. So, um, Sorry. I don't know if this is news or not, but I'm like checking the timeline. Of course, get, you know, getting regular updates. But according to Chris Haynes, Dean Litter says he doesn't want to play for a stack team. He doesn't want to be in a team with it's just three all stars or three superstars. He wants a team that has a shot. I, I like. How this do we is, make? Yeah, what, what is that? What, so what is yeah, the leverage? Because Chris Haynes, peel back the curtain. He's very, very close to Damian Lillard for our listeners who don't know. And Mike, I'm sure all of your listeners are very aware of that. Yeah, so when I will go out on a limb and say when Chris is getting this, it's coming from either Damian Lillard straight from Damian Lillard's mouth or from his agent, Aaron Goodwin. And that is leverage, right? This is the anti-Carmelo thing. This is I want to join a team, but I don't want to join a team that's completely stripped. Right, Mike? Am I reading that right? 100%. This is don't trade Nick Claxton. This is this is basically this is the Nick Claxton siren. It's like, listen. Clax is staying in Brooklyn. If I'm going to Brooklyn, Clax is staying there. Dorian Finney-Smith might stay there too. Like start, start figuring mm-hmm. it out. It's Spencer Denwitty and some stuff, but like no good players. No, Royce O'Neal, you're staying. It's only Cam Thomas and Spencer Denwitty because you want to, you know, there's, there's a, Dame has been pretty clear. Like in that, he did that um, Showtime interview where he, yeah. this, where he first publicly floated that he wanted to play for the Miami Heat, which is like an incredible thing to do in the offseason. Um, no doubt. Uh, people have defended him saying, well, he was asked the question, so he answered it honestly. He's pretty smart. He could have answered it in a million different ways. Um, he chose to answer the way he did. In that same interview, he was like, the problem is when you trade for me, you have to give up stuff. He was already kind of baking in this idea yeah. that I don't want to get Carmelo Anthony. I want to like I want to end up on a on a good team if I if I had that route. It kind of felt like that was the beginning of the ball really rolling downhill. And then here we are in the same place. And and in the grand scheme, nothing has changed. What has changed is that the Blazers may have chosen a path that can't include Dame. That can't, but based on his own parameters. Um, and I, I think that's what really has with the big shift in things. So I think we all kind of agree where this thing is headed. We don't even, I don't even think we have to say it verbatim. I think people can tell based on our comments here, what we think is going to happen here, but let's just say the thing that we think is going to happen doesn't happen. And Damian Lillard does stay in Portland. I want to kind of just go fast here, but Mike, what happens next for Portland? They trade Amphrey Simons for someone taller than six foot eight. Okay. I mean that was fast, so that was good. Yeah, that's that, um, that's that has that has to be it. They have too many guards. Oops, all guards. It's Dame and Scoot and Shaden Sharp, who they want to play a bunch. And Ant, they got to trade Ant for someone taller, and they're going to re-sign Jeremy Grant, and they'll just figure it out as the seventh best team in the West. And then David, for the Miami Heat's purposes, <laughs> if it's not Damian Lillard, okay, it wasn't Donovan Mitchell, and then it wasn't Kevin Durant, and then it wasn't Bradley Beal, and then it wasn't Damian Lillard hypothetically here. Who, they're going to continue to chase stars, at least in the sense of we're gonna we're gonna wait for those players to be available, and when they are available, we'll put in our phone call, we'll put in our annual phone call, and then maybe we'll decide that it's not worth it for us, and then we'll just run it, keep running it back. But who would is. be that? I guess who would be that next? Because obviously the other, it's not interesting to talk about what would happen. Just, okay, make some marginal moves, make some decisions on Gabe Vincent, Max Trees. Like, well, obviously that stuff has to happen. But in terms of the next star who could shake loose, I'm looking at two names. I'm looking at Paul George. Yeah. Out of uh Los Angeles, the Clippers, they have a decision to make on whether or not they're going to offer him the extension. By the way, Kawhi Leonard also. Both of those yeah. guys are going to be up for an extension. ESPN Zach Lowe's been all over this talking about this a lot. Uh recently talked about it on a podcast about how like he doesn't he wouldn't blame the Clippers and maybe doesn't even think that the Clippers would go so far as to offer them like the full 4-year maximum contract extension. 
because quite frankly, Kawhi and Paul George haven't earned it because they're not available. Um, and, and you just can't lock yourself into that thing for another four years. And if that happens, you know, superstars, when they don't get the, the max extension, they tend to look to go get it somewhere else or just play somewhere else. And maybe Paul George could become, maybe Kawhi could also become available in that. Although I just, me personally would prefer Paul George over Kawhi, but everybody's probably a little bit different on that. You pull most people, they're probably 50, 50. David, what would you rather, I think you would rather have Kawhi. I think we talked about this recently. No, I, I think Paul George is a better fit, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't think he's likely to get moved or I don't think he's, I don't think Miami has a likely chance of acquiring as likely a chance of acquiring George as they do Kawhi. Or Damian Lillard probably, but um, Paul George or Kawhi, right? That's when Pat Riley talks about, Hey, we need wing length and ball handling yeah. and versatility. Those are the guys. Um, and then the other one is Carl Anthony towns. Nope. That's not, happening. it's with Nas Reed getting the extension. I do wonder like we're, it just feels like what are they? They're paying a hundred million dollars combined to three centers: Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert, and, and Nas Reed. Cat can play power forward, but whatever. Um, not well. <laughs> so maybe that's somebody that becomes available. And by the way, for Portland, maybe Cat is something that's available. I just I would be shocked if they were ready to make that move right now. Um, I don't know that they listen to the Pat Beverly podcast, but if they did, maybe that would be more encouraging for them. But um, yeah, I don't I that's probably something in the distant future, not something that's going to happen within the next couple of months would be my guess. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, Carl, Any other names? Uh, no, not like superstar level names. I mean, we, we can't, I don't know. That's the thing is like, if you had asked two years ago, I don't think a lot of people would have expected Dame Little to ever leave Portland. Um, you know, and, and two years ago, the, the Clippers for, you know, team was just forming and it's like, things change so quickly on the NBA landscape. And so, I mean, I'm sure that a star level player at some point is going to say, you know what, this is untenable. I need to look for greener pastures and maybe those happen to be in South Florida. I, but I, I don't know that there's a Ooh. name that, that obviously pops up. Well, pour some out for John Collins. My John <laughs> Collins dream officially died with him getting traded to the Utah jazz today. So that that's another oh, superstar name off the table. All right. Yo, superstar. <laughs> Broad strokes there using that term. You know what? I'm in the opinion business. Thanks for making Locked On Heat and Locked On Blazers your first listen every day. Every dayers, make sure you're tuned into both shows. Subscribe on YouTube, your favorite podcast app for the latest updates on Damian Lillard throughout this whole saga and after to see what both teams do uh if and when this thing is settled. So make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Follow us on your podcast app. Have a great day. Thanks for joining me, everybody.